don't mind me. I'm, you know, me. And the home of the brave. Welcome to episode 16 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. It is Memorial Day weekend, and I am sitting here talking to my good buddy James. So happy to be here talking to you. How you doing, James? I'm doing pretty well, and the feeling is mutual, Mr. Rhino Max, sir. I hope you're happy to be listening to us talk. I am. Uh, maybe somebody else is, I, I, I hope. <laughs> well, you have no choice. They have a choice. Good point. So, well, uh, I mean, we, we do have choices. You don't have to do this. No, well, no, I, I guess. But we're kind of committed at this point. Or we should be. Ha <laughs> ha! Fair enough. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> but um bum uh, What's uh, the... There we go. <laughs> nice. my, my version of the rim shot. Love it. All right. How are you, James? I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you. Good. How's it going? Uh, okay. It's it's hot. It got suddenly very, very hot in our part of the world. Yes. It's like we didn't really have a spring, and then summer just decided to show up. And we do have a deck hockey game planned for this weekend. Yes, we do. Uh, so in future Hit the Deck, we will talk about, since we already talked about our cold weather gear, we will talk about our warm weather gear. So that's something to look forward to. And we're going to test it out this weekend already. So, Assuming we have not succumbed to heat stroke in the interim. Yeah. We haven't yet, so we'll <laughs> right. see. Oh, goodness. Uh, we should probably mention who it is that's rambling way to you. So for tonight's starting lineup in goal, I am number 35, the American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and my illustrious co-host... On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, sir. Okay, so James, since we're sitting here talking, shooting the breeze, as it were, would you mind terribly if I were to impose upon you and ask you, what's on deck for this evening? You were so extremely polite. How could anybody turn that down? It will be my pleasure. Thank you. Memorial Day weekend. At the recording of this podcast, Memorial Day is this coming Monday. God bless all of our brave, courageous, selfless American heroes who have and continue to keep us safe. From Hit the Deck and, dare we say, all of the U.S., thank you and your families for your countless sacrifices. Fictional hockey heroes. From the true heroes of the U.S. military to make-believe heroes with a great fondness for hockey. Lean on me. Gary and I will delve into the importance of a player's deck hockey stick and on whose authority? On the American Rhino's authority. Sports Authority is unfortunately going out of business, but at least you can try to pick up some deals on hockey gear. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're very welcome, sir. All right, cool. So, as we said, as you said, as I said, it's Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, of course, again, I'd like to echo the sentiment of James on behalf of him and I and 
hit the deck and everyone we would just like to wish a sincere thanks to those who serve to uh to protect this country and make it as great as it is and especially those who have sacrificed uh, to make this country great and to keep us safe and able to live the lives and do this nonsense uh if it weren't for them we wouldn't be here so on behalf of all of us it's it's not nearly enough but thank you i mean tremendous amen to that Uh, just well said well put and 100 percent 100 percent agree so thank you but uh with that uh yeah um countless sacrifices made by our military personnel and uh memorial day is supposed to be designed to remember those who gave up the ultimate sacrifice their lives for serving and keeping us safe throughout the history of this country and uh yeah like gary said we could say thank you we could mean it from the bottom of our hearts but it's just not enough and uh it's just such a blessing not to know what it's like to live in a country where we aren't free or safe or whatever. And that's all thanks to our great military. And there's really, I haven't met anybody who's more patriotic than the American Rhino. So uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have your back and, and uh, be your partner in, in, in that. And um, again, just uh, endless thank you to those uh, wonderful heroes. Yeah. I got to say, you know, it, it's, it, it's unfortunate that it's only holidays like this where most of us really stop, and take a step back and, and appreciate what you know w- what we've been given, what we've been um, what we've been blessed to have others do on our behalf. But uh, for a hockey fan, especially, I mean, you watch hockey and say somebody slides out and lays out and puts their body in front of a slap shot, and you hear the announcer, "Oh, he really sacrificed his body on that shot." No, he didn't. He he stopped somebody from shooting a puck in a game that's ultimately completely meaningless. Somebody who's really sacrificing their body is somebody who's going over in another country and doesn't know if they're going to see their family ever again and giving up everything on behalf of people they don't know just because of an ideal that they believe in. That's real sacrifice, and that's the kind of thing that we're trying to remember and should remember Every day, but especially this weekend. Yeah, 100% amen to that. And not only the great soldiers, men and women, who have sacrificed their lives, but uh, those that have, have lost limbs or or even psychologically are uh, not the same when they come back and just trying to get back into society where like World War II veterans and and Vietnam veterans, which makes you sick to your stomach. I mean, these these men and women that literally gave up everything, come back and they can't even find a job or or whatever the case is, or if they they, they don't have an arm, you know, it's it's endless. And we we really we really don't. Well, we try not to take that lightly and uh, we try to appreciate that. And and we're grateful for days like Memorial Day. So it's just our little way of reminding people that absolutely during the weekend, play deck hockey, catch a ball game, enjoy a barbecue. But please, at the very least, say a prayer of thanks for our military that have sacrificed life, limb and mental health for us. And uh, the great actor Gary Sinise with his uh, co-host Joe Montaigne 
they host the National Memorial Day concert Sunday night on PBS at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So I definitely highly recommend that you catch that, and that'll really put it in perspective. They do a wonderful job at that every year, and they have uh, veterans there and, and, and military personnel who have or if you watch it and your eyes don't tear or if you don't get choked up, um, check your pulse. So uh, it's definitely something to to put on your list to to do over the weekend. Thanks, James. Sure. Um, And with that, uh, like great stars, superstars such as Bob Hope, the one and only Bob Hope. (laughs) Uh, The man was blessed enough to live to 100 years old. And in terms of entertainment, the guy literally did it all from vaudeville to radio, to movies, to TV, he conquered it all, and uh, um, probably the greatest thing that he did in his life was, uh, at least he had 57 tours, I believe, from 1941 through 1991, where he literally put himself in harm's way, went to entertain the troops, and all that he did for the American military, so selflessly, uh, he was actually awarded uh, the title of honorary veteran in 1997. So that that's how great Bob oh, I didn't Hope know that. was. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. So uh, that's the positive side of like, Bob Hope, Gary Sinise, Joe Mantegna. It, it's nice to see Hollywood tip their caps and and let the everybody in the country know that, uh, like Gary said before, that we wouldn't have any of this had it had, if it's not for our military, past, present, and future. Other things you'd like to do, and, and we're not preaching here, uh, and, and we will get into the deck hockey part of the show, but uh, we would be remiss not to acknowledge Memorial Day. But uh, th- places like the USO, Wounded Warrior Project, Help Hospitalized Veterans are places where, and, and Bob Hope worked for the USO, by the way, are uh, charity um, organizations that you can donate to that take care of our military and especially the veterans coming back and, and trying to get their lives back in, in order and learning to live with uh, prosthetics or, or whatever the case is, and uh, even mental health. Um, you know, one of the greatest heroes that, that we know about and live with the book and the movie that came out, uh, Chris Kyle, he was a great example of that. And unfortunately, all that he did, he came back only to lose his life um, stateside. But I mean, like Gary said, the, the true heroes of the world, as far as I'm concerned, and and and, and maybe Gary as well, are the uh, the military and those like them, you know, police officers, firefighters, and anybody that puts his life on the line to sacrifice and benefit somebody else. Just God bless you all and thank you. I agree, 110 percent, James. So, uh, and and just another tip of the cap too. Uh, Audie Murphy, not Eddie Murphy, but Audie Murphy. If you haven't heard who he is, please Google him. I believe you spell his name A-U-D-I-E. Um, not sure if it's E-Y or just Y, but uh, that's a good thing about Google is if you spell something in the ballpark, it'll correct you. I yeah. should learn how to spell the hero's name properly, but uh, one of the most decorated, if not the most decorated American vets uh, in World War II history, and uh, just a hero in every sense of the word and then even baseball players such as Gil Hodges was a marine and uh did so much to help his country and probably speaking of great actors James Stewart Jimmy Stewart uh he had to gain weight in order to join the um air force 
and he was such a tremendous hero and, a, and, a, and an ace too, by the way, in his illustrious um, career as a uh, World War II uh, fighter pilot that he, he never spoke about it. He was so humble that he never spoke about um, his his great service. The same thing with with Audie Murphy. He was he had the, he had to lie about his age, and he was turned down by the Marines and the Navy. So he joined the army because he was on the short side, and I think he was like 17 years old or something, and he lied about his age. Hmm. I mean, that's how determined and and just selfless the man was. The, a, a real life Captain America, Audie Murphy, and and James Stewart, and guys like those, Gil Hodges. So you know, God bless them, and um, you know, what can you say? Tying in with the hockey part, uh, there's a website known as the Society for International Hockey Research. SHR, I believe, is uh, pardon me. SIHR is the um, the uh, short form of it. And if you go there, you can see a list of all of the great heroes who both played in the NHL or played professional hockey and served their countries. And that's America and Canada included. And it's a, it's an amazing list. It's it's such a long, long list. And a majority of the, the, the men there were World War Two, World War One. But just for an athlete or an actor, actress to give up everything. I mean, that that's unheard of nowadays. So it really puts it in perspective what, what true heroes they are and were. And on our point of view, uh, and God bless him, he's still alive and kicking and doing well and I hope he has a nice long life, is the LIQ's own uh, Chris Achipari, a uh, friend of mine I went to high school with, a really close friend of Patrick's, uh, people uh, that, that play in the LIQ. Mm-hmm. He uh, served and served well. I uh, believe he, he was in the Army and was a paratrooper. and um, So just a, a real humble guy, too. He won't talk about it, or and he doesn't consider himself a hero. So what they all have in common all the uh, great men and women that came back, you hear it time and time again, is they always feel that the real heroes never came back. And that's how selfless they are and and, and true, heroic, wonderful, great people that you want to know and have in your lives and you will benefit from it. So, again, thank you. Yes, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So just to lighten things up a little bit, uh, Gary came up with a great idea where uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie is coming out. In a month or two, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I think it might. If it's, it might even already be out. I'm not sure. Yeah, forgive me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I live in, under a rock at times, but uh, I didn't see the first one, so I, I wasn't going to go out of my way to see the second one. So I don't really <laughs> know. You know, we we should fact check these things, but I um, that, would be, <laughs> that would be helpful, but. The benefit of a podcast. I mean, when we record this, maybe it, it, it will be released or maybe it hasn't been released. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you looking it up? I am looking it up, yes. But please keep talking. No, that that's fine. I, I, I was just going to try and stall, but I'm not going to bother. June 3rd. Okay. It comes out June 3rd. So, yes. uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Google. <laughs> um, so... And again, it's this with this, oh, Gary had a great idea. It's, it's you don't have to, like, whatever. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just <laughs> you're you too want, humble. You so... want me to stop every segment and say, oh, James had a great idea, and James had another great idea for a segment. 
No, but that should be my job. But I mean, that's how it sounds. Everything else. Don't... So that's just my job. Let me perform a function in, in this website, in this podcast, a little thing, please. Yeah, right. <laughs> but continue. I'm sorry. So in this uh, second Turtles movie is, uh, I don't know, for those of our fans who may be more familiar with the or less familiar with the Turtles uh, mythology, I guess. James and I grew up on the Turtles cartoon, and of course there was the the movies that came out, the live-action Turtles movies. The first one was phenomenal. Well, not phenomenal, but it was a very good movie. The second one was also a movie, and the third one <laughs> eh, played in theaters for some reason. So, um, but it, <laughs> one of the, the, the really cool characters in the Turtles pantheon uh, a, an ally of theirs and somebody who's going to be featured in this movie played by uh, Stephen Amell, TV's Arrow, oh. um, is Casey Jones, who is a vigilante, a human being, vigilante, who uh, dresses up in uh, an old style hockey mask, like, uh, you know, an old school kind of not not quite a Jason mask, but very similar and carries a hockey stick and beats up bad guys with a hockey stick. So, uh, you know, he's he's a he's a cool character. He is a hero and obviously he has an affinity for hockey. So, that that's the kind of thing we're we're talking about with this. Um there's another character who and this is a little bit of a stretch, but bear with me. There aren't a uh, a huge number of hockey themed heroes out there for some reason. But uh, so there's a book series that uh, I really enjoy. It's called the Dresden files by Jim butcher. And it's, it's something that I grudgingly credit my mother and sister for, because they tried for years to get me to start reading this and I just resisted and resisted, but it's, it's wonderful. But anyway, um, so the premise of the series is um, <laughs> this is going to sound silly, but I promise it's actually really cool. Uh, a wizard um, who lives in Chicago and acts as basically a private eye with magic. And like I said, that sounds kind of silly, but but the books are actually really cool. He's uh, he's got great banter. Um, he's, he's basically like the wizard version of Spider-Man. He, he, you know, he quips and, and, uh, has witty banter, not banter so much as he just makes fun of people constantly while he's fighting them and he gets beaten up more than he wins. Um, but you know, he generally wins the day in the end and the books just keep getting better and better. Um, uh, he's he's really he's a combination of of your old like uh, noir style gumshoe private eye, um, but he also just happens to be a wizard who can do magic. Um, and again, it's a lot cooler than it sounds. Jim Butcher, uh, the Dresden Files. The reason I bring it up is because the series, which again the book series is very good was some years ago adapted into a television series uh, that was on the Sci-Fi Channel, which was also called The Dresden Files. That was not 
so good, not not nearly as good as the books, but the one thing they changed for the television series, and that's why it's in this segment, is his wizard staff in the show was a hockey stick. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you we, we've, we've uh, seen hockey players who can seemingly do magic with their hockey sticks. In fact, we play with a couple, but... The uh, in this show, you know, there was a guy who actually did magic with hockey sticks. So, so Harry Dresden is my pick for uh, for a hockey hero, even though it's a stretch. <laughs> it, as Mister Spock would say, it was flawlessly logical. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that's that. That's a stretch but... at all. That was great. I'll definitely check that out. Sounds like fun. And, yeah, uh, the, for um... me. Yeah. Sorry. No, just if you are planning on checking out the books, again, I highly recommend it. But there's a caveat. The first two or three books are a little um they're a little tough. Uh he was he was very very young. Like this was basically his first big book uh his first real books that he wrote. So, um it the series takes a, a few books to really kick into gear. But once it does, it it does in a big way so if you do want to give it a chance my recommendation is to you know stay with it um or if you don't feel like you have the capacity to read some not terrible but you know not spectacular books uh before you get to the good stuff then start with you know book three or four that's all All right sounds good your summer's coming up so there's your summer reading for you yeah uh for my um Two cents for this topic uh, is a character named Sergeant Mace. I like now, it already. Yeah. Now, if you thought you had a stretch on this, <laughs> try and follow this one. All right. Now, Sergeant Mace is a uh, character from a toy series known as Cops. Mm-hmm. That was about late 80s, early 90s. And Cops stood for Central Organization of Police Specialists. <laughs> and it takes place in the future. Now, Sergeant Mace... He's he's a he's a a man, you know. He's not a, a cyborg or superhero or anything like that. But the great thing about him and why he was one of my favorite toys of all time mm-hmm. was his colors were orange and blue. Uh, his badge number was four. Badge okay. number four. That 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 must have been a very small force. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there was there was. Yeah, and he was the SWAT team leader, which eventually they made a, a couple of other SWAT team members. Uh-huh. But they were just the elite; they were the best of the best. So I see, uh, right? Uh, and 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 whatnot. But um, so yeah, it, badge number four. <laughs> and, um, he shot a bazooka, which hey. is one of my all-time favorite weapons. Sure. His name Mace is another one of my all-time favorite weapons too in medieval. I mm-hmm. mean, a, a, a spiked ball on the end of. Uh, <laughs> Of a of a, a stick is just brilliant to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of damage you can do with that. <laughs> and um, now, actually, James, yes. uh, this this is I'm, I'm going to derail the conversation for just a, a minute or two. Okay. This yes. um, I, I don't I I don't know if that's strictly speaking accurate. I realize that in our contemporary culture, we kind of think of that um, spiked ball on the chain as a mace, but yes. I, I think. 
if we're being perfectly accurate, the mace was a, a spiked ball on a like the end of a stationary stick. Yes. It was it's basically a club at the end of a stick. Yes. Um the the spiked ball attached to a chain is a a flail, I believe. Oh, okay. My apologies. Thank no, no, I I I I have the same image when you say mace in my head I bring up the same image as you just described, but okay. I think we're wrong. That that's all I'm saying. I think no, I, we I, as a society have um kind of a misconception about that. And I'm not sure where that came from. But uh hey listeners, if you know for sure Please feel free to correct us or confirm what we're saying at hitthedeck at gmail.com or drop us a line on Twitter at hitthedeckpod. Yeah, come on. There's got to be some medieval knight people out there, right? And don't they do things upstate where they do medieval? Oh, sure. Renaissance fairs and yes, yes. reenactments and uh, right. Just LARPing. Just with them. Yes. Do you know if, what LARPing we... is, James? I do not. LARP stands for live action role play. <laughs> so you know it's uh it's a thing where people dress up in costume as either they're all wizards or they're all you know medieval warriors or whatever and they just they it, it it's kind of like reenactment but i think it's less um historically accurate and more fun okay so, so yeah uh, i mean no, go ahead no no i was just going to apologize for derailing the conversation no, not at all. That's I, I appreciate you correcting me, and I apologize for being in the wrong. And and assuming for... you are wrong, you may not be. Okay. Uh, well, I, what, in, in all honesty, I was trying to describe a mace, and I didn't do a good job because I didn't properly describe it. So either way, I'm, I deserve the penalty on that. So two minutes will be served, and and thank you for that. And also for the people that do know, yeah, that, that do know what we're talking about, uh, don't use them as examples on our heads or anything like that. Just tell us what they are or send us <laughs> pictures and we're, we're cool. But uh, getting back to Sergeant Mace and I'm glad you didn't bring up the spray the, the, the Mace spray. Cause that's just, that's not cool. That's there's nothing. That's not bad. Well, I was going to say a bad word, but uh, anyway, I think, uh, I think that would be Sergeant Pepper and that's a completely <laughs> different guy. <laughs> well done. So, uh, getting back to Sergeant Mace from the Toy Line Cops, there was a cartoon also that that uh, came out, which was really campy and silly. The comic book series was cool; that was uh, nice. But uh, anyway, yeah. So oh, the eighties, based in Philadelphia. Oh, go ahead. No, I was oh the eighties, where yeah. every every entertainment property had toys and cartoons and comic books, and just wanted to sell you uh, on everything. Well, I believe it was Hasbro, so they already had that pattern down with G.I. Mm -hmm. Joe. So they, they knew what they were doing at that point. Um, so, yeah, he, he he's orange and blue, his uniform, uh, badge number four. He was based in Philadelphia at the time. Growing up, my favorite player, Lenny Dykstra, was traded from the Mets to Philadelphia, which was one of the most traumatizing parts of my whole life. <laughs> so um, thank God that my life hasn't been worse. Anyhow, and... He shot a bazooka, but the coolest thing about him was the glove that he used in order to shoot the futuristic bazooka was very reminiscent and based on a goalie catcher's glove. And it, it was really cool looking. It was awesome. It looked like it was the old-fashioned leather glove hmm. that they used uh, way back when and, and definitely your style. And nice. I just appreciated that and, and, and really cool. All so, right. uh, yeah. 
That was Sergeant Mace. <laughs> <laughs> Another I, great fictional hockey hero. Yeah. And a man that uh, you definitely have a lot in common with is MacGyver. Now, <laughs> go yeah. ahead, justify this one. Okay. Richard Dean Anderson, the actor who portrayed MacGyver, was and is a huge hockey fan. As a matter of fact, he grew up in Minnesota, which is in this country the capital of hockey. And uh, uh, people from Boston and Detroit are probably going to come after me with that. But um, Minnesota is, is it's, at least it's a hotbed for hockey in this country. As, as close as you're going to get, that's not Canada. Right. So... Richard Dean Anderson was such a uh, hockey fanatic that he played and probably would have progressed to get to the NHL, but he broke both of his arms on separate occasions, mm. and that's what it took to get him out of the lineup, and uh, just to give you an idea of how tough hockey players are. So I think with mending both of the arms, I guess he had to do something else, and maybe that's how he became an actor or looked into uh, acting school and things like that. But the the cool thing about the man himself is any character that he plays, MacGyver, probably his most popular one, and um, he was in a sci-fi series too. Which Stargate, did, right? Stargate, thank you. And uh, in, in both instances, he incorporated his character to be a tremendous hockey fan for that. And that's that's his devotion and love of the great sport of hockey. So definitely we tip our helmets to uh, and, and tap our sticks to MacGyver and Richard Dean Anderson. It's unfortunate that his injuries robbed him of his hockey career because I think if there's anybody who could create a scoring play out of nothing, it's <laughs> MacGyver. Oh, beautiful. So those are the good hockey fictional characters that, that Gary and I came up with. And now for the not-so-good uh, Gary, if you wouldn't mind just just taking us through how you came up with this idea and uh, what sparked the the topic. Uh, I don't remember. Um, the, the the NHL Guardians. No, I, mean, that I, I, was... I think I think the NHL and Stan Lee would like to forget too. So that, you're, that you're... wasn't what sparked the idea. That was just oh. something I came up with when I was thinking about it. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't remember what what I uh, I don't remember what sparked this this idea. But one of the things that I came up with when I was racking my brain to think of what hockey related um, uh, hockey related figures there were in uh, you know like not superheroes necessarily, but hockey kind of uh, pop culture hockey figures. Uh, and I came up with um, the ill-fated NHL Guardians, which was uh, the NHL in, uh, I think, 2011. The NHL approached Stan Lee, the, basically the, the father of every beloved Marvel character out there, um, Excelsior. Uh, they approached him about marketing the NHL as superheroes so he created a superhero that embodied in theory every nhl team and they they wanted this was supposed to be a big thing with comic books and like and they i think they kicked it off with a uh like a 20 minute cartoon or something or a, like a basically a, a mini movie about how the guardians were defending 
I don't I didn't actually watch it. I don't know what they were defending against or who they were defending. James, can you remember any of that? Um yeah, again, this is something that they kind of tried to sweep under the carpet, but um my vague recollection of it was they uh debuted them at least or they teased them and then officially debuted them at the All-Star game that year, the 2011 All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And yes, exactly. They were 30 they're 30 NHL teams, I believe. I, I yeah, get confused nowadays. I believe so with uh, all the different franchises and different leagues and such. But, right, there was a hero based on each team and the city that they played in. So, for example, the Ranger superhero was a super cop. Yes. And, and, and yeah, and he was kind of like um, who's the, the, the flaming skull guy in, in – Ghost Rider? In Ghost Rider, thank you. Mm. And, uh, and 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 he was on a flying motorcycle, and it was kind of cool and everything. So that's right; then, it was like, like a hover bike or something. Right. And, but uh, the one thing I did think was cool, since he was the avatar for the Rangers, is that he had a shield. Oh, that's yes, yes. Which very... uh, you know, the Rangers logo is basically a shield. So I I thought that was appropriate, and I. As dumb as the whole concept was, and it was dumb, it never went anywhere. They almost immediately abandoned it. But I, I thought that was a, a cool little nod to the franchise. That, exactly, that they did. Yes, they they did try, and they they put their hearts and souls into it. It wasn't just some afterthought, and they just threw up whatever they did. But you know, like the Minnesota Wild was uh, like this big wolf guy, and the Coyotes had a coyote, and. The Islanders had uh, they incorporated the he, I think he had like a a, a, a magic fisherman's pack. net. No, he was he was much much cooler than that. <laughs> oh, okay, he did embody the the uh, the island and and water and and things. Uh, the Devils had a, like this scary super devil guy that looked like the one from the Blair Witch Project, I guess. Um, and uh and 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 so on and so forth but uh, right as quickly as it came it went away mm-hmm. so um if we were to put our super group of fictional hockey heroes versus the NHL guardians yeah. i i think we'd come out on top we but, at least would have more staying power absolutely <laughs> and speaking of which um the actual what really what sparked this idea was Casey Jones himself. So I apologize for for uh, interfering with the, your train of thought before Gary. But uh, would we would love to see a game with Casey Jones in one goal and Jason Voorhees in the other? Right. Yes. Now just to fill the rest of the rosters is a whole other issue. So maybe if uh, you out there would like to chime in and let us know who your favorite fictional characters are, f- favorite fictional hockey related characters are. And you can include, if you'd like, uh, the Hanson brothers and people from Slapshot and and the movies that we discussed in the past, even if you want uh, Bombay to be the coach from, <laughs> from the Mighty Ducks, by yes. all means. So just have at it. Have some fun with this and and give us a, a shout out if you want through Twitter or uh, our Gmail account, as Gary always very patiently let you know how to contact us with. So we, you know, we would like to hear that. You know, James, there was a Mighty Ducks cartoon. And in the cartoon, I believe the ducks were uh, alien ducks from a planet that played hockey, from a hockey-playing planet of animals, I guess. And they came to Earth to defend and play hockey against... I didn't watch it. I don't know. 
It was the nineties, man. It was weird. Yeah. Apologies to Canada. I mean, <laughs> wow. Are they still our allies? I mean, that would kind of, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't think, I think that was even less well thought out than the NHL guardians, but let's yeah, move well. on. Um, so yeah, Lean on Me is another topic about the importance of a deck hockey stick. Mm. And Gary and I have emphasized that deck hockey is based on or has its roots in, in roller hockey and ice hockey. Sure. And a lot of times you can use the same gear designed for roller hockey for deck hockey. Of course. Uh, it depends on the ice hockey stuff because that is designed to be played on a smooth surface such as ice, duh. But um, it's not as durable. Mm-hmm. It, like if, if if you were to wear a uh, a visor as opposed to the cage, or if you were to use a a stick and not tape it up properly, uh, the blade would wear out much quicker on concrete than it would on ice. So just just keep that in mind. Just want to get that out there. But um, this is kind of a follow-up from last edition's Hit the Decks topic of player development. Mm-hmm. And the intricacies of balance, weight, and flex of sticks is very, very important. Now, if you were to play ice hockey, that is one of the first things that they teach you is to fit you with your stick. It depends on your height, especially when you're wearing skates. Um, and what position you're playing, if you're a forward, if, even if you're a center or a, a sniper, or if you're a defenseman. You have a plethora of options to choose from, from the stiffness of the sticks. The rule of thumb is you'd want a stiffer flex, which is harder to bend if you're a defenseman. Okay. Because, because defensemen usually are, preliminary, are, are primarily slap shot takers because they'll, okay. they play back and, and play the point and, and such. And if you're a forward or a center, you would want one with much more flexibility so you could snap the puck better and, and get a lot more uh, oomph on your shot so not being a shooter i don't really um I, I guess i don't pay a lot of attention to the mechanics of of the stick i guess the uh a, a stick with more flex allows you to snap off a, a wrist shot better that's yes. uh, what you're telling me and yes. but on a see i would think that a on a slap shot a stick with a lot of flex would be helpful as well because isn't it um, isn't the whole point of a slap shot that you kind of momentarily uh, flex the stick back when it hits the ice or the ground, and then it releases with all that power and and shoots the puck towards the net? Well, ideally, if you have a decent aim, anyway. So, um, why is the stiffer stick better for that kind of thing? You're absolutely right, and this is the physics part of of hockey, and specifically for ice hockey. So, especially if you're watching, speaking of the All-Star game, if you watch the skills competition, the reason being that those sticks are stiffer is that exactly, it takes a lot more force to get it to bend, and you're hitting behind the puck. You're actually hitting the ice first when you're taking a proper slap shot to exactly do exactly what Gary just described is you're bending the stick so that your hands are in front of the, the puck and you're coiling all of that energy into the blade being flexed through the body of the stick, 
which will, as you're following through, will then release on the puck itself as you're hitting it. And that's how you get guys like Sedano Chara, who have, and, and Shea Weber, who have hit the puck over 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So the, the reason why it works better for a, a, a stiffer flex is so that you can generate, and that's the weird physics about it, is that you generate more power that way as opposed to if there's more flex to it that the stick is going to give a lot more and uh it, it would have a tendency to break easier yeah okay and i can see that because it absorbs your force right more because it's a a, a, a weaker flex for lack of, of a better term you sure. get less of the, the the snap power out of it so that's why a stiffer stick is uh ideal for slap shots and it almost thing for, sorry it almost functions as a shock absorber i guess right. a, a stick with more flex i get it yeah right like like a like a slingshot effect of, uh, in a way too and uh the same thing is for for deck hockey even though you're, you're using a ball and a lot of leagues don't allow for slap shots but uh if you are playing speaking from experience defense at the minimum, if you're playing back, following up your forwards and staying on the blue line, you're going to have to shoot from a farther distance anyway. So maybe you're not really getting the slap shot off, but you are taking a hard wrist shot from where you are. And it also helps to pass the puck better and get a stiffer, more true pass to get the guys who are the scorers the puck quickly and accurately. Sure. Uh, and, and, yeah, that's the same thing for deck hockey as it is for ice or roller hockey. And other things are the curves of blades as well. The bigger the curve, the more you'll lift the puck or ball. And that's something I'm still experimenting with myself uh, as we delved into a, a few podcasts ago when we were talking about the different sticks that I personally use, the Titan sticks, mm-hmm. is that uh, – like. We also said I learned to play hockey. I learned to play roller hockey, and we use the puck. Mm-hmm. So then, going to deck hockey where you use a ball, the blades I was using were, were had a little bit too much curve to them. So my shot was completely inaccurate, and uh, that's more because of improper, you know, and lack of talent, mm-hmm. improper form. But also, I'm not giving myself a good enough chance because. The, the the blade has a bigger curve and an open face, so that is designed to really whip the puck and, and get more height. Okay. So I tried to experiment with uh, a closed a closed blade, and um, with not that big a drastic um, curve to it. Plus, the less curve, the better it is to pass to the other guys out there. So what you settled on, is that your Riker or, or your Spock? Yes, exactly right. The, the Riker is uh, is the shaft, and uh, I used to use a Gretzky blade, which worked well because at the time it was designed for like an all-around great stick because if you're a center, that's that's the ideal thing because you don't want too big a – you want to have the versatility to be able to pass well mm-hmm. and shoot the puck still and even have a backhand as well. So uh, like the Gretzky blade had all of that. Sure. So from there, I tried to focus on blades like Zetterberg and, and defensive defenseman style blades like Chara as well. And, uh, and also th- another difference with a defenseman blade is that there's uh, a square toe to it as opposed to the traditional curved toe. Okay. Which helps you. It, it, it's really slight, 
but that just helps you block the the puck or the ball a little bit better just because there's a little bit more surface to the blade. So that kind of helps you um, deflect the puck or, or maybe even steal and, and things like that. So that's okay. something else to consider for the deck hockey players out there. Thank you. Sure. Uh, another thing, uh, getting back to if you are an ice hockey player or a roller hockey player, is that uh, when Gary and I were saying one of the benefits of deck hockey is that you can develop good skills and graduate from there so you have a good foundation. So once you learn how the proper way to stick handle and shoot and balance and do all of those things, then you can go and skate. So you should learn to skate without a stick first because, and I've seen this happen, and I was probably guilty of it as well, is you tend to use the stick like a cane to help balance yourself a little bit too much. So if you learn how to skate first, like Gary can ice skate tremendously. With, uh, have you, you keep ever... selling my skating ability. You're really because, overselling it. No, it's impressive because the first time I was on ice, and I'm sure a lot of other people were on, were on ice, it was uh, the most in, helpless feeling in the world. And you just, you're just waiting to fall down at any given time. And you were like, hey, this is easy. And on different skates, too, on both goalie and forward defenseman skates. So you didn't care. The blades didn't matter. You were, you were just the way you went. So. I still fall down occasionally. It, well, let NHLers fall down. It's, it, it's ice. It's slick. And, and you're on, I mean, I don't even know what the centimeter is of a properly uh, sharpened skate. So it's really, I, I, man wasn't designed to skate, I don't think. So, and yet he seems to have perfected it pretty well. Go figure, man. Go figure. So I, I would recommend that if you do play roller hockey and ice hockey to learn how to skate first without your stick, and then you can marry the two together and away you go and hopefully go on to have a good high school, college, and maybe even professional career. I now pronounce you man and stick. <laughs> but uh, for a goalie's point of view, and there are strict rules in in NHL and deck hockey as well, where you're not allowed to play the puck with your glove or pass, right. hand pass. Sure. Uh, for a goalie, the few times when you lose your stick, do you really feel helpless? Oh, you kidding? Um, well, uh, you watch a, an NHL game, or, well, probably most games, but I mainly just watch NHL games, that you see the goalie lose their stick and immediately a, a, a player a teammate gives them their stick because having a a forward stick or a defenseman stick is better than having nothing. Um, I mean, the amount that it affects you as a goalie, I guess, is going to depend largely on your style. For me, uh, I rely very heavily on the poke check. That's um, a huge tool in my arsenal. So when uh, when I lose my stick... I really feel very vulnerable in goal, um, and I can't wait to get it back. So, uh, you know, yes, absolutely. Another goalie may say, yeah, it, it's not, it makes me less effective, but it's not a huge deal. That's not me. So, um, yeah, I mean, how does it feel when you as a defenseman lose your stick? So, yeah, I, I agree 100%, especially to, for a defenseman, you're – really use your stick a lot to help uh, stop passes or plug up passing lanes and, and contain the offense as much as you can. And as a goalie, so, I appreciate that. Of course. 
so the, the times if, if I've broken a stick or lost it, um, yeah, you try and, and do what you can where you're like, boogie, boogie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or, hey, look at that. A, your, your inner A-Rod comes out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just try and slap his stick out of his hand. Yeah, I think that's a penalty. I think it is, too. <laughs> So right, it's 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 really horrible and 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 tough. It's much worse on skates with without a stick. Boogie but boogie. right, you want to get that thing back as fast as you can, and uh, or at least rely on your teammate to to bail you out while mm-hmm. you, you have time to pick it up. So you can only block so much with your body. All right, well, fair enough. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, man. Yeah. Um. The the good thing is if you do need a new stick. Um, you may be in luck because the uh, we just found out Sports Authority, the sporting goods chain, is closing its doors. All of its stores are going to be closed by August or uh, at least by the end of August. I don't remember exactly. But uh, so there are going to be huge going out of business sales across the entire chain. So I don't know how good Sports Authority's hockey selection is i know online it's not great in store maybe a little better but it's certainly even if you don't need hockey equipment even if you just need say you know sporting clothes or or something that you can wear while you play hockey or you know something not hockey related i don't know why you would want to do something not hockey yeah. related what's wrong with you just having outside interests <laughs> come on crazy but uh yeah so that's your tip in the next few months, you can probably save a lot of money at Sports Authority, but, you know, get while the getting's good, because I'm sure they're not going to be restocking very much either. So, get on that! Last minute remaining in the podcast! All right, so, to wrap up, I, once again, would like to thank you, the listener, for sticking with us and, and sticking out another podcast. Um Again, just to echo the sentiment from the top of the show, on behalf of James and myself, thank you to anyone who has served. We uh, we appreciate it more than we could ever express, and we owe you a debt greater than we could ever repay. You should please feel free to contact us, uh, any any of you, not just the veterans. Please feel free to contact us at hitthedeck at gmail.com, hitthedeckpod at Twitter, um, on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Hit the Deck. Please subscribe to this very podcast on iTunes or any number of other podcasting outlets. Stitcher, we are available for download on Stitcher. Uh, they have their own app in the Apple Store and the Android Store or uh, Google Play Store, rather. They have their own player. They have lots of other great podcasts, not just us. Please check them out. I would like to thank Anthony Sejazi for music used in the podcast. I'd like to thank the LIQ for sound effects and, of course, Pops for being the voice of the podcast. James, anything you'd like to contribute? You said it all, my friend. Thank you. No, thank you, sir. And thank you, listener. And please remember, on this Memorial Day weekend, when you're out there having fun, Whatever you're doing, remember, it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. I'm content to let the mace just fly.